Wrestling Royale with Rant and Rave Wrestling. Every week we compare Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW to decide what the best show was so you don't have to. We'll do the scoring. All you have to do is sit back and relax while we crown this week's Capital R Champion. I'm your host, Roy the Roy Rowe, joined by Blake Short. If you come in my face, I'm going to fight you. And the man with the sperm that just won't quit, Greg Overson. What's up? Alright, so again, you know, we start we start the podcast off every week talking about what's happened in our own lives. And again, I don't have shit for you. So I've made a decision. Every day, at the end of the day, I'm going to take out my notebook. And I'm just going to write down one sentence of something that happened or some sort of summary for the day. And then I'm going to read it off next week on the podcast. That way I actually have something to contribute. Uh, Blake, I'll go over to you because I know Greg's going to have a lot to talk about for his last week. <laughs> yeah, so my week didn't start out so hot after the podcast on Saturday. I'm a huge Ravens football fan, and I went to the playoff game, and we did not show up. I showed up to the game. They did not, and we lost pretty badly. So that was a bad start to the week. I was very frustrated. Yeah, which, he was not in a good mood. Yeah, even, I was even not in a good mood for a few days. I know that sounds a little crazy. And I completely, I get it, but I am that invested, and this is the worst I've felt after a loss probably in a very, very long time. I was being my normal, hilarious, cute, bubbly self, and I was sending Blake some funny messages, and he's like, I'm not in the mood, man. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong, buddy? And he's like, man. Wasn't feeling it, man. I just, I was in that zone where... And he comes over Monday, mad as shit still. He's just walking like... So I, like, uh, his face is completely drooped down. He's sighing a lot. Everything that happens on Raw, he's cussing it out. Yeah, he had a real. Well, that's every problem. week. That's that's every week. So I watched the uh, the Aaron Hernandez thing on Netflix, uh-huh. and uh, one of the things that they showed was Cundiff uh, missing that kick. And I watched it and went, "Wow, this is for the first time, I'm seeing this, and I'm not upset about it because of the recent loss. Mm-hmm. I I do feel it was a little more than what that was. This this season was." Anyway, let's not talk football. Yeah, it felt like a waste, and it, it took me a couple of days to get over it because I had plans to go to the Super Bowl, which would have been, that's something like very high on my list of things I want to do in life. I've loved football all my life, and I just, I wanted to attend one, and this year it felt very real. We were the best team, it felt real, and we made plans that just we're not going to be able to act on, unfortunately, so it was very disappointing. Yeah, at first... Uh, I thought Blake was just being stupid because he was so bummed out by the loss. I was being supportive. I'm like, yeah, man. But in my head, I'm like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> and then when he talked about the trip, I completely got it. So I was like, you know what? That is something to really look forward to and for it to be right there. Yeah. And it's not like you can just plan a Super Bowl at any time of the year it's with, with your team. Yeah. Like you need a lot to go right to be able to get that experience. So for it to be right there and be taken away, I completely understood why he would be so upset. But anyway... I might not have had the best week, but Greg had plenty of great things this week. So, as you all heard last week, uh, my daughter came last Friday, January 10th. Um, wasn't necessarily the ideal delivery, but it was the safest. Uh, wife was essentially, after 30 hours of labor, rushed into a cesarean section. Um, baby was born at five and a half pounds. Luckily, no intensive care was needed. She was she was clean bill of health. Um I will say, you do not know tired and exhausted until you have a newborn child. I've I've tossed and turned at night. I've not been able to sleep much, but just laying there and getting the rest was enough. 
having an alarm go off every two hours because you have to feed this little human. You have to, especially since she was born so little, I have to get her weight up. Kim has to help get her weight up. Like every, every two hours, both of us are just up. Boom, 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 trying to feed her. And you do not know exhausted until two days in and you realize, wow, I've gotten 30 minutes of sleep in the last 48 hours. It is insane. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. She is amazing. Aww. That sounds exactly why I wouldn't have kids. <laughs> so, that's fitting. No, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm Blake's birth control. I, <laughs> I, I know you're excited. I know it's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's worth it, I'm sure, even if you are super tired. So. I do. I, uh, I wake up, I'm like, I'm so fucking exhausted. And then I see her, like, just the smallest thing. It could just be like a little stretch or a yawn. And I'm like, I fucking love you. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I am a little disappointed, though, because I kept offering my services for delivery. And, you know, I... You just didn't show up to the hospital. I have a... Just to clarify, Blake, Blake does... He does deliver for a living, and he offered to deliver Greg's baby. I did. I did. You know, I have a four point nine one on a five rating. Holy shit! And what you, you, what was your doctor's rating? That did what was his rating? It was a she. So quit assuming they're. You know. That's fair. That's <laughs> um, fair. Now, Kim did make a comment later on after you know being in labor for so long, mm-hmm. and she did say, "Don't bring him fucking near me right now." Oh no! And that was about you. Wow. Because I said. Blake said, when do you want him to come up here and deliver? And she said, don't fucking bring him near me right now. Wow. Wow. She did not have faith in my ability to deliver. And then what makes it worse is I'd have to imagine five minutes later, she probably said, I could really go for some Roy right now. That didn't happen at all. I'm going to assume that's probably what happened. That's not what happened. She did mention getting DoorDash because she was super hungry, but she wasn't allowed to eat. Wow. I could have, I could have. Two in one special. (laughs) You know, one thing she probably, you know, one thing she probably did want though. Some R and R. That's true. You probably, you both could probably use some R and R. We both could use some R and R. So why don't we just jump right into it? Let's do it. Now, Greg, you haven't been here in three months, I think. <laughs> Two weeks. So we have a we have a new thing we do here called the Roy Row Rant and Rave <laughs> Rumor and Reports Recap Roundup of the Week. I was here for the first week of that, so I remember. Uh, and what that is is we basically just rip headlines off the internet and then we talk about them. <laughs> Uh, what do I have for you this week? Go to my notes here. Scroll up because Blake decided to send a bunch of messages. I apologize. According to Sports Kitas, Tom Kalahu, Oscar, and Kevin Owens have expressed an interest in returning to or working more with NXT. Thoughts? I think it would be the best for both of them, honestly. Uh, I feel... I've. Asuka, I guess, is getting a little more of a push than KO right now, but I think for KO, for sure, that'd be the best option at the moment, especially if they do it like Finn. And I agree. I would have agreed with you until the Finn Balor thing, yeah. and I don't think that these people going back to NXT really does a lot because then you're in this weird position where you kind of have like these... Greg, can you lock that door for me, please? <laughs> I wasn't sure. So My door is slowly creeping open. <laughs> It was a little uh, unnerving to all of us. Thought <laughs> somebody was walking in. That would that would give you the reason why we all paused and yeah. got, without they, they can't see us. So we were looking You're around like what's happening right door. now. Anyway, carry so on. So if boy. you take like Kevin Owens and Oscar and you put them in NXT, now you're kind of like in a position. <clears throat> you're in a position where you want to see them return to what they were, and but then it's it's also like you're taking away from the people that are there now. 
So I don't I don't think I would I don't think I would like them going back. And I, I don't feel like the Finn Balor thing has really been that much of a success. I'm not really all that interested with what he's doing and I haven't been interested with him since the first few weeks there. So two parts for me. I'll start with Kevin Owens. I would love for him to go back to NXT. I was hoping that was the case when he showed up for War Games because he has just been failed so badly by WWE and I don't really have any hope for them in giving him a decent run anymore on the main roster for them. I, as a face, they just have shown that they cannot they do not know how to utilize him correctly as a face. As a heel every now and then he has a decent run, but it's been a while. As for Asuka, I would say she's better off on the main roster. She is starting to get a decent push. She has the biggest storyline for women right now. They have given her the tag team title, which sometimes they have failed a little bit on. But overall, I think they've done a much better job lately with her. And They're doing a really good job at making Asuka a threat. A threat, yes. I think that says a lot about Asuka, too, that they can just pull her up at any time, and I believe it. Yep. So, Even with all the stuff they put her through, I still buy Asuka as... A legitimate threat. And I also would say that it's late for Asuka, too. If she were to return to NXT, it would have been better during the Shayna run. And for her to be the one to battle Shayna. Yeah. Now, it doesn't make as much sense. And it's not saying that she's not needed, but I feel like she's much more needed on the main roster right now oh, than on sure. NXT. Alright, according to the Observer, there's still no word on Velveteen, when Velveteen Dream will return, and his back injury is pretty serious. Uh, so I didn't know that it was actually that bad. I didn't either. And that definitely, that definitely worries me because I love the guy. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't there surgery involved in everything? Yeah. Typically, back surgery, you're out for a while anyway. Um, I like Roy said. I didn't realize it was to that extent. Yeah, for it's not too often that you get a report where it's like he's going to be out for a while and it's pretty serious. Usually, right. you hear like he's doing better. He's they're training. Uh, so to hear that, definitely a little heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. I love Velveteen. I was hoping that we would see him soon on the main roster. And clearly that's not going to happen. And this is not good news. Alright, and then the last thing that I want to talk about. Greg, you've had a good week and I'm about to break your heart. Because something hit me last night. So the last headline I have is PW Insider says WWE's next trip to Saudi Arabia will be on February 20th and that an announcement of such is expected to happen soon. Uh, there was a leak of a Kane versus The Fiend Saudi Arabia match. Did you see that? I didn't, but after SmackDown I got an idea that something was going to happen. Okay, so definitely all signs point to that Saudi Arabia show happening, right? Here's the thing. This is what I realized last night, Greg. Don't fucking that's, do it. That's what all these Edge rumors are about. Don't fucking do it. He's doing a Saudi Arabia match. No. Don't fucking do it. It's not for the Rumble, man. It's for Saudi Arabia. No. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And that is so sad. It really is. Don't if they do, do that, like that, I hope Edge doesn't agree to that. I really do, because... These Saudi shows, man. I know, man. The money that they seem to be offering people to do them. It's a, it's a joke, man. They just... They just had the whole debacle with the plane, which we've swept under the rug. That went away and real quick, didn't it? And they a 10-year contract to, to yeah. bring a show there X amount of times a year. Like, Yeah. there's There are a lot of things there that are very sketchy, um, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. 
Uh, last thing to talk about real quick is that we have our Roy Row Rumble podcast next week. Uh, we're going to go over some predictions for the Rumble. Uh, we're going to play a little game where we try and guess a lot of the stuff that's happening. Uh, the person with the least points will have to buy us breakfast the following week. Uh, we'll once the when we cut the mics off today, I'd like to just spend like maybe three minutes and pick what the things are that we're going to try and predict. Uh, obviously, we know the easy ones: who's going to be number one, who's going to be number thirty, most eliminations, stuff like that, maybe. And then something that I wanted to ask you guys is: should we do predictions for each match? Because this rumble is looking fucking awesome. I am really excited for this card. I'm fine with doing each match. If you guys well. And let that be part of the scoring for it? Yeah. Alright, cool. Alright, it's time for Rant and Rave Wrestling. This week's rotation is Berg. Alright. So, I want to start off by saying that there weren't a lot of rants this week that really, truly bothered me. As much as the usual. Can I just say also that what and I'm concerned to say it because I if I have a single fan out there I'm going to lose them. Uh, AEW or Wednesday was my least favorite part of wrestling this week. Really? Yep. I did not feel that I way. I had my most fun with Monday and Tuesday. I wait Tuesday. Tuesday. Or, sorry, what did you do Tuesday? Monday and Friday. <laughs> Monday and Friday. It's right, man. I still think SmackDown is on fucking Clearly. Tuesdays. Clearly, <laughs> we ordered Antonio and I ordered Taco Bell yesterday. And I was like, oh, Taco Taco Tuesday, because it's SmackDown. We used to actually make tacos when SmackDown was on Tuesdays. <laughs> so, anyways, I didn't have a lot this week on the rant side that I was really emotional about, so I hope I don't have to debate with you guys, because I don't have a lot in the tank for that. But my number one is going to go... for My number one is going to SmackDown, and it's going to be Bailey talking shit about Lacey Evans. Being hesitant to face her in a match, even though we've seen her in a match plenty of times. And then them announcing the match as a non-title match and me going, okay, well clearly Lacey Evans is going to get the win here and we're going to see this at Royal Rumble. And that's exactly what happened. It's unfortunate that we continue to build championship matches this way, where the champion has to lose in a non-title fashion and then face the same person in a match. We've talked about that before. There's better ways to do this. And we've definitely gotten to the point now where as soon as they announced that match, I knew there's no way that we're not getting a title match between these two at Rumble at this point. They've been building the feud for probably at least a month and a half now, right? Bailey and Lacey? Yes. You don't think that... It feels to me like they're stalling for Sasha and Lacey for some reason. They already announced the title match. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay, I missed it. So, I think Sasha was a segue... Originally, now I don't know what happened. With, so I, know, I really don't understand the point of the match last night. There was none. That's yeah. the point. All of it, all of it didn't make sense. It made Bailey look horrible. I wonder if Sasha's actually injured because it didn't show her actually attacking Sasha last night. It showed her attacking Bailey, and then you have the doctor or, or whoever saying you're not clear and you haven't been cleared for the last couple of weeks. I wonder if she's not actually injured and they're trying to save that. So, I'm not really sure what's going on in the Sasha stuff. I do know that last week, that was legitimate. That she actually was recording her album, and that wasn't planned. Right. I don't know what happened this week. But what I can tell you is, there's much better ways to build a feud for a title match than to have her lose to her. What did you think of that segment in general? Just a little backstage area there. I wasn't a fan of it. Honestly, it it felt really awkward, because it's like, they cut to it, 
And and that's fine. They kind of cut to it in the middle of it. But it's like Lacey's beating the hell out of two people, two on one. So to me, that makes them both look weak, especially women of that stature. I think it made I'm a talking joke about the revival. Talking about the one where he announced the match, where they were backstage and the guy was announcing that he was going to do Bailey and. Uh, oh, at the end of yeah, yeah. the beatdown, I thought that was weird too. I I enjoyed it. It was a different setting and different, but I think Bailey to me looked nervous as hell. And she definitely switched, like, mixed her words up a lot. She said something like, she doesn't deserve on the line or something. I, I was she about to say, say that. I'm not putting the title on the yeah. line. But she said, I'm not putting the line on or something like that. She's not comfortable as a heel. I don't, so that was what I was going to actually touch on with this, is Bailey needs a mouthpiece. And she needs to just wrestle. Make her a badass and just have a mouthpiece because she cannot fucking do anything heel wise on the mic. Yeah, when she speaks, she's not very interesting. She's fine as a face. I think it's just she is naturally uncomfortable in this position, unfortunately. We want, I wanted the heel turn, you know, but it's not working. It's not believable. And I'm so tired of the chicken shit heel. I really am. Especially as a champion. Like, it's always, oh, well. Even though I fought you two months ago, now, no, I don't want to fight her. After she was just saying she's going to kick her ass. It's just, you can't get anything out of that champion that way. Yeah, what, I always thought, think it's crazy when they're like, and your punishment for the mean thing you just said is you're going to wrestle a match. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, what did you think was going to happen when you came to work today as a professional wrestler? Right. You had to assume what was your you might be in a match. your career path. Like, yeah. All right, my number one rant is going to go to. I'm going to give it to Charlotte and Sarah Logan. Um, I know that something's wrong when Charlotte comes out and I'm bored out of my mind before she's even in the ring. Charlotte being my favorite in the women's division, um, I think that right now I still recognize her as the most talented, but she's far from my favorite because I don't feel anything when I actually see her. As soon as she came out, I was aggravated. And, you know, we did the Sarah Logan thing. We just, she just beat the hell out of Sarah Logan. And so now we got to do the match where she beats Sarah Logan. And it's just that Roman Reigns effect where it just feels like you're just beating the hell out of everybody. There's no purpose to it. Like, does Charlotte Flair need to be in squash or enhancement matches? No. Does anybody need that? No. Do you have a problem buying Charlotte as a legitimate threat? No. So you're just, you're damaging an already thin division. Uh, a Sarah Logan return, she should have gotten a few wins before doing something like this, right? I mean, is she that bad of a wrestler that they just don't have any value in her? I don't think she's that bad. I thought her her new look was pretty cool. She got this new little entrance thing where she slides down the ramp a little bit. I like that she bit. slides down the ramp. I think yeah. it's fun. Um, I don't know, but and I was just I was so bored. Ultimately, it's not the worst. It's probably not the worst thing. But what makes it my number one is the fact that they got me to a point of being bored when Charlotte's on TV. All right. My uh, my number one is going to go to the table match with Roman and Bobby Roode. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time tonight, it's time for Rant versus Rave. All right. So... I, it, this match was everything that was actually expected it to be. Like There was nothing that was a surprise in this whole match, and that's what made it annoying. You knew that Corbin was going to come down. You knew that Dolph was going to come down. Oh, wait, here comes the Usos to make the save. Oh, here's another thing. I don't need to see multiple people go through a table all week. Like Earlier in the week, I got Big Show spearing someone through a table. Now I got to watch Roman Reigns do the same fucking thing on SmackDown. I'm sorry. 
it's annoying. It, it, there was nothing about this match that was entertaining. Everything was super predictable. And then to announce what type of match you're going to use at the end, that's you use this match to announce a match, a false count anywhere, a, a false count anywhere. That's what you chose at the end of this match, a false count anywhere. Get the fuck out. My turn. <laughs> okay. So no, I was telling you to get the fuck out. I just want to win. <laughs> so you, I'm going to start off with something that pisses Blake off. And that is that I decided last night, just by looking at him, that I'm putting Dolph Ziggler back in my favorite five wrestlers. My man, he is so cool looking. He's got the blonde hair, the sparkly gold glasses, the hat. Like, he just looks like a star, man. And I just wanted to start off with that. This is not a good start. I know, I know. I fucking love Dolph Ziggler. Um, he's he's what Kevin Owens is for you. I, like, I'll talk about that you, after you my judgment. taking those losses, but man, I just love you. Uh, I thought the table match was really fun. It's you have the feud in the works, and you have to do something. You have to do something every week to keep building up. And when I look at it that way, this was a this was a good option. It's much better than just any kind of boring regular match with run-ins and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's a good way to keep the Usos involved, which I'm. I love seeing Roman and the Usos work together, so that was a lot of fun for me. Um, and I do enjoy all of the chaos that is coming out of this feud, with both of them having multiple people that have their back. Um, and I don't necessarily have a problem with like the false count anywhere match thing. I think about it sometimes when they do this stuff where it's like the winner picks the stipulation, and a lot of times it does feel anticlimactic. But if I'm thinking about it realistically, why is that person going to choose, like, oh, I want hell in a cell? Like, why would you choose to put your body through that? A false count anywhere makes sense because what he said he wants to do, he wants to beat his ass all over the place. And he knows he's got to have it set up to where the Usos can have his back because the whole match is just going to be dumb shit with Root and Ziggler. Um, I felt like the pacing was really good. There was, there'd be stuff happening in the ring, there's stuff happening outside of the ring. So it kept my it kept my interest all the way through. All right, so uh, this is kind of cool to judge this one because I didn't have it either way. So I'm basically going off what you two said. The first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to make an agreement with you right now that if you stop shitting on Kevin Owens every week, I will not give you shit about Dolph Ziggler because we're in the same boat here at the end of the day. So I'm going to let you mull that one over and think, yeah, about, think it. about it. Greg, the biggest point that I got out of yours that I agree with is the false count anywhere match. I'm I'm sitting there, it's the end of the show, I'm thinking it's gonna be something big. And let's be honest, the false count anywhere match isn't really big. Um it can it can be a decent match sometimes, but how many times do we get a false count anywhere where they just they're outside the ring for a couple minutes, maybe they go in the crowd for two seconds, they come back in, it's basically a regular match at that point. And the match you just use, I would predict Probably had more chaos going on than their match will at Rumble. For that reason, I think it's a rant. I agree with you, though, Roy, on the fact that they're trying to build the story and they're trying to find a way. The problem is it was a little too predictable for me. And coming into it, it was hard for me to enjoy it because it just felt like I I knew piece by piece what was coming. I get that they kind of need to do that anyway. But if... They would have gave me a better return 
on the announced match, I probably would have swung it your way, if that I makes think, sense. I think if it wasn't for as predictable as it was going to be that the Usos were going to make the save, Roman was going to get the win. Now, if Usos were going to make the save and they, you know, Dolph and Bobby held their own and then Corbin ended up winning it, it this probably would have gone a whole different way because, like I said, the whole time, I just knew what was going to happen. Yeah. It, just, it was way too easy to, to see what was going to happen. I think for me it was a little bit more just because it was a false count anywhere and I was, I was hoping we'd get a little bit more. Um, the feud itself hasn't been bad. I I haven't had a too bad of a time with them. I'm, I'm happy with the Usos and Roman. That makes me very happy, and I'm fine with what they're doing with Corbin right now. Right. But I just wish they would have gave me a better. This is probably the ending of this feud. Blake, just do your fucking rave. You're dead. <laughs> He's not that upset. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, number one rave is going to NXT. This was my favorite match of the week by far, and I never would have expected it going in. And it's going to be the tag match between Riddle and Dunn and Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews to start the show. The chemistry that Riddle and Dunn had was very impressive to me. Riddle, at some points, looked a little uncomfortable in a tag match with some of his moves. I think because he's so used to being solo. But their movesets together worked so well. It blended perfectly. And I think they were paired with the best tag team they could have been paired with in this match. Just, just awful watching that match. Because these four... Work together so well. Uh, I haven't gotten to see a ton of Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews because I haven't been watching NXT UK. They were very impressive to me. They were just as big of a part of this match as Riddle and Dunmore. And I enjoyed it from, from start to finish. I don't know about you guys. I, I did. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that match. Um, I had not really seen much of uh, the NXT UK guys, but I, I enjoyed watching it. Let's uh, not last night. Well, yeah, I did watch it last night, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. All right, my number one rave for the week is going to go to Buddy Murphy. I was really rooting for him to win again, lost again, but this felt different when it happened. I I still wasn't even upset. I'm just thinking, what's next for Buddy? Like, what is going to happen from here? Is he just going to completely fall off, or is there a plan? And we see what happens constantly. He gets cocky, and then he loses. He really believes, you know, that he can't be beat. Despite two losses in a row, he believes he can't get beat. And we saw that for a third time. He's so hard-headed. He's like, yeah, I got this. And he loses. And a third loss in a row finally did something to his psyche and broke this man. He finally actually realized... No, I can't beat Aleister Black. It finally hit him. And he's sitting at ringside. Were you able to see the whole show, Greg? Yes. He's sitting at ringside, completely heartbroken. And I think that girl tried to interview him, right, while he's yeah, sitting there? Caruso, yeah. Yeah. Not now, Charlie. He said, not now. <laughs> no, no. And um, he, he's there throughout two more matches, I believe. The main event yeah. and the Rowan match. Yep. So it's hilarious that he's there for the Rowan match. Um, instead of going straight to the main event, because then it would have been a little obvious what was happening. The fact that he was there the whole time was just so I'd feel like this is just a running joke. I didn't really expect him to get involved in the main event, partially because I didn't even realize he was out there the whole time still. <laughs> yeah. We're like halfway in it, and they show him, and I'm like, he's still there? And uh, one of my favorite moments of this year, I think, will be Seth Rollins crawling to him and getting in his face. And saying, help us! <laughs> Buddy, help us! And then, you know, they continue to get their ass beat. And then, Buddy, he... he, After suffering such a devastating loss, 
he realizes that his savior is right there. The Messiah of Monday night has recruited yet another member in whatever it is that he's calling yes. this. And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because you look at his greatest role model in wrestling so far, and that's Triple H. And Triple H is known for the same exact thing. He builds this group around him to ensure success. And I, I'm really hoping that we're getting something more like an evolution-style stable than, let's say, like a League of Nations, where it's just these people are surrounded. These people are around you just to take the loss so that, you can win a, so that Seth can win a feud with it seeming like some damage has been taken. I would much rather get a dominant faction. I'm really not that much for AOP. I'm hoping they can turn me around on that. But I absolutely love Buddy Murphy. So I'm really excited to see where it ends up going. What do you guys think of the what do you guys think of the pairing of these four? So for once I actually have faith in WWE here. Yeah. I think that at the end of this we're gonna go this was a damn good story. My prediction, after seeing what just happened, is that Buddy starts to get some momentum. Mm-hmm. At Rumble, I think he eliminates Alistair. And before this happened, I told you it would be great if Buddy can finally get that win over Alistair at Mania. And I think that's how it's going to go down. I really do. I think Buddy is going to start to get some momentum here with the Messiah and this group and this pairing. He eliminates Black at Rumble to give him a little bit more momentum and for it to make sense. And I think he finally beats Alistair Black. Mania. So now going into the third one, you you felt like there wasn't really a good outcome because you said even if he wins, who cares? You feel like him joining this table has kind of hit a reset for you? It changes it yeah. because instead of it just being anytime you can pair somebody in a different setting, it changes things a little bit. So like if you can give me a story, it would have been a little bit bland if we just kept getting Alistair and Buddy And he kept losing, and then he finally wins, right? But if we're getting a different version of Buddy, a following, almost like a cult-type setup, and you start to see the improvement through him being with that pair, that makes a little bit more sense to you, right? You go, okay, maybe this will help him. Because it's not like he's far from beating Alistair. He's right there. He's on the cusp. Mm -hmm. He just needs that next step, right? This could be that next step. He's got to stop being so damn cocky. He does. He's got to stop doing that at the end. Some kind of modesty. Which it, it would probably, be cool if they acknowledged that. Win if he didn't keep doing the dumb shit. And just to add on to what you said, that I, I when in my notes I had this as well, and I put, buddy, you got to go, man, because <laughs> it was so hilarious to just see him sitting there for a quarter of the show. All right, uh, mine's going to be probably. <clears throat> The segment I had the most fun with, uh, and that's going to be the opening to roll with uh, having AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and uh, Drew McIntyre. And you have you have AJ Styles and, and Randy going back and forth, and and Randy doing the whole heel thing, like I believed you, man. I believed your knee was hurt, this and that. And he's like, but my RKO, my RKO is phenomenal. Then you have Drew come out and he goes, look, guys, heel stop Drew com- McIntyre. Let's stop comparing yeah, RKOs. Here's the question for you, Greg: Is Drew McIntyre a heel? Heel Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's a face. Slick keeps telling me that he's heel. Drew McIntyre. And I'm trying to explain to him. This man is clearly a face. And I he won't let it go for some reason. You sure about that face? This is the most stubborn I've ever seen Blake in my life, I think. No, remember Monday. I I I think this shit changed they changed up the shit. Anyway, go ahead, Gray. I don't want to hide. Drew comes out, he starts talking, and Randy's just throwing his arms up like here we fucking go. And then he goes, 
while y'all are up there comparing RKO's, I'm down here with the biggest uh, Claymore. So that to me was hilarious. That was good. Um, and at that point, Randy just throws the mic and's like, "All right, I'm fucking done." <laughs> and this is the whole back and forth between them. I'm loving. I, this may even just go more towards Drew to me because I'm loving everything. Like I feel like Drew's hilarious now. I, I love the whole segment. He's really cringy to me. You think so? And I hate the three-two-one. Uh, that that part, I that part I don't like. But I do think he's getting. It reminds me of Spear, Spear, Spear <laughs> that they try and introduce like thirty years into the man's career. <laughs> All right, my second rant of the week is going to AEW, and it's going to be the tag match between the Nightmare Collective and Statlander and Sheeta. Unfortunately, the women they're still lacking in AEW, in AEW, and it's it's really the biggest part they're missing right now in the show, to me at least. I think if they can get this together and they can build this division, they're almost complete. But they I don't know if it's the lack of talent. I don't know if it's just they don't have the chemistry yet. Something's missing when you watch these matches. It's not there. So with with this match in particular, so her name's Mel, right? Yeah. Mel, what like I get it, but why wouldn't you have Awesome Kong? Like and now I, I this is probably going to be the storyline as to why they lost that match ultimately, but I just I didn't understand why it, you this whole time you have uh, Brandy and Kong and then Mel joins you know she's just kind of in the background and then now here you go with oh the first match that we're going to throw this them in as a tag team is going to be Mel and Brandy and Kong's nowhere to be found. I will say I do think there was some level of course correction done here. I think after the feedback of last week, and obviously we don't know, this is just speculation, but I think the decision for the faces to win may have been based on the feedback of last week where it's like, this isn't working, let's go in on these on these guys instead. I, the result didn't bother me. The match itself was very sloppy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not disappointed about Mel because she is a woman I haven't seen and it was a way to build her. I wasn't disappointed about that. One thing that did disappoint me a little bit, though, was that in commentary, they're talking about her height, and they don't even... It seemed like they, they don't even know anything her. about this yeah. woman. And I'm like, I need you to tell me about this woman. I don't know about her. This is my first time seeing her. He's like, I think she's like 6'2". I don't know, something like that. That's what JR was saying. He said it, I think, twice, maybe three times. The other thing is uh, Luther. That's his name, right? The Luther? Hardcore Legend. The Hardcore Legend got hit by a kendo stick yes! twice. And he's done. He was done. He's done for the night. And I'm like, oh, well, this this what is not a good start legend. for this guy. I've seen him twice. He's got knocked over by Riho, and he got taken out by two kendo stick shots. I'm like, yeah, this is a hardcore legend. Admittedly, we only know about him what they've told us. Yeah. One of them are very familiar with him. Yeah. But they're not following up on what <laughs> no. they're saying at all. Can you, imagine, can you imagine Mankind getting hit with a kendo stick once and being knocked out and being done for the match? Like... That, well, they backed themselves into a corner because what's he going to do? Get in the ring and beat the shit out of all the women? Yeah, exactly. So you kind of... But but he reacted as if he was done. Yeah. Like, that shot was just, oh my God. It was a weird thing, too. He's like not letting her get to the thing. He's like, oh, He's what like, is happening here? <laughs> I just, I didn't enjoy the match. And I'm really hoping that they can get this together because I want to enjoy their women's division. And I don't want it to be like WWE used to be where it's just like, here's our Divas division. Don't worry about them. You know what I mean? All right, my next rave is going to go to Bobby Lashley, Lana, Rusev, and rant. Liv. What did I say, rave? Yeah. My next rant. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I missed the rave. I was going to say, because that. I was about to go after you on it. Greg is about to ring that bell. That was my next one. 
Yeah, this this entire story to me plays out better without the wrestling. I don't need the matches between them. Because I think especially the assumption is that the point of it is for Rusev to get this big win. So when you keep doing the Lashley wins, it just feels like you're stalling for the moment of Rusev winning. I don't understand why why Liv said that she would be there at ringside and she only came out towards the end. That was really bizarre to me. And at this point, I think it's becoming more clear that they have boxed the Liv Morgan return. I don't think it's somebody that they're going to take seriously. She's not because she's not really doing anything. I, I really don't understand why she came out halfway through the match. Can you guys tell me why that happened? No, it, it didn't. Again, it's a part of the story that just did not fit and carry on. She's like, this is a moment I live for, which I was like, oh, that's a cool catchphrase. I like that. And then she wasn't there, and Roy and I are like, where's Liv? It's as if they thought we would forget. Then she shows up mid-match, and we're like, all right, but that doesn't make sense now. Right, I thought she was going to come to the ring with him. Yes, That's what that I was, was the point. And then I, I, I actually forgot about Liv for a second. That's messed up. That is messed up. And then she came out and had, I don't know if it was a beer or soda. I think it was a soda. That destroyed her fucking life. Yeah, so like I said, all the, the segments and stuff are great, but the matches aren't doing it for me. I will say at least we got Rusev saying, if you come on my face, I will fight you. That is hilarious. Blake and I have kind of like texted back and forth. <laughs> And I'm just laughing my ass off every time. I wonder if that was written for him, or he just did that off the dome. Somebody did put this together. But I don't know. Like I sent it to Blake. I said I sent the Blake. You come on my face, and I will fight you. And Blake's like, I mean, he's not lying. <laughs> so while we're on this topic, Bobby yeah. Lashley, something that I wanted to bring up to you. So Lashley wants a match with Brock Lesnar. That has been basically his whole point of coming back. At this point, can this you the take that seriously? Path to get there. Really, you think so? you, you think you no, could I'm take him? Yeah. Idiot. Do you think you could take him seriously at this point? You haven't been able to take him seriously for a while. Yeah. This just doesn't help. I don't know all. if he'll ever get that match. I really don't. All right, <clears throat> my next rant is going to go to Eric Rowan. It's getting old. Um, I don't care if you add the factor of you put your hand in this cage and I guess it bit you. I don't know what the fuck happened there. That was stupid. Um, Stop fucking giving him enhancement matches with guys that are fucking not even a quarter of his goddamn size. It's just annoying and getting old. It's not much more that needs to be said about it. I don't even care what's in the fucking burlap sack anymore. (laughs) That burlap sack. I'm not at a point of being as bored with it as you are, but I am at a point where I can understand you feeling that way. (laughs) All right. Uh, the main thing is, I'm just concerned. There's no real payoff. There's nothing in the if fucking. I had, set. They don't know what to put in there. Yeah. If I had faith in them that this was really going to be something, but for right now, all I'm thinking is like it's just going to be empty. Or now, if it's like a vulture or something, anything. that would that would come com- like a complete circle. I feel what, but I don't think it's a fucking. What vulture. could the payoff be? I mean, Roy, you're a really creative guy. What could the payoff be to where we go? Wow. I don't know, man. Maybe we have to do a podcast. What's in the burlap sack? <laughs> Maybe that's a rumble question. So, so Maybe we find out at rumble. Will we find out what's in that burlap sack? That's actually not bad. We could we could do, <laughs> we could do a uh, a burlap sack question. All right, my next rave is going to AEW. Hangman Adam Page, twenty twenty, baby. I am on year. board. He tags himself into the match to steal a win. I love the storytelling. The, the continuation between the elite and Hangman Page and the separation of himself from them. And then, I was already 
I was loving the match. I This was one of my favorite matches of the week. And then we cut to the picture-in-picture picture at the end of the match. And Omega takes a... Omega takes a beer from Hangman that he stole from the crowd. Once again, he takes it away from him, gives it to another member of the crowd, and then Omega takes another beer from the crowd and takes it up the ramp. I am loving Alcoholic Adam Page. I love the continuity and the storyline. I can't wait to see how this plays out. And he's one of my favorites right now. Can't disagree with you there. I'm starting to really like him, especially with the SCU part uh, where he just spills his whiskey or whatever he has on him and... And Christopher Daniels, and they're like, except for the part where he goes, you're going to get my dry clean. and be like, bro, it's a t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. I, and I'm not a fan of SCU, so we're, we're not going to get a win here from Hangman and Omega, I don't think. But I am very vested in how they play this out, and they're doing a great job so far. All right, my next rave is going to go to, I believe it was the opening, actually, for SmackDown. Uh, the first thing we saw was Kane coming out, right? Mm-hmm. So even with that leaked picture, Kane wasn't really on my mind. And when he opened the show, I fucking lost my mind. And I heard the arena lose their mind. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I was smiling. So I'm like, it's so crazy. Like, everybody loves Kane so much. Um, whereas, I think everybody has respect for The Undertaker and stuff, but that's the easiest comparison. It's like... If Undertaker opened the show, I'd be like, oh, Lord. I'm kind of at a point where I'm bored with The Undertaker. Me too. And it's the same. We had the same general reaction uh, with The Big Show. I was going to say Big Show. You guys worse than me. I didn't didn't really mind it that much. I've learned that I have no pattern when it comes to wrestling. Like, my heart just likes what it likes and dislikes what it dislikes. You know what I mean? Because this is easily something that should have triggered me. Right. But I was like, oh, cool, Big Show. Uh, But I was so excited to see Kane. And I love that everybody else was so excited about it, too. Uh, he gets in the ring, he's he's doing his whole thing, and I still hadn't made the connection of, you know, maybe Fiend does something here. So Fiend popped up, and I was like, oh shit, that's when I remembered the picture, and I was like, okay. And they do that back and forth, Bray Wyatt has this thing where he's like, you know, I remember, and I'm like, oh boy. Now, the lights go out, and when they come back on, Kane's outside the ring. And I loved, I, I loved that part of it, because I'm like, yeah, Kane knows... Kane knows the deal. Like, dude's going to come up out of the ground. And so when Bray started coming up and Kane's still looking forward, I'm, I'm like, what is he doing? And I'm like, he knows he's behind him. You know, Kane is the same kind of like... Yeah, same Same, same kind of character. He, he knows he's behind him. So he slowly turns around nonchalantly and he's like, what took you so long? Hilarious. He's not intimidated by the fiend. He's the devil's favorite demon. Oh, Bray calling him your big red bully. That was hilarious. Um, and then I hear the audience cheering, and I see Fiends like snap his neck. I'm like, what's happening? And he gets kicked. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. And then I had this moment where I clicked, and I was like, oh, they're fucking friends. I was like, this was their the plan setup. from the beginning. You son of a bitch. And it was so clever, and there's so much continuity to it. I loved it. Uh, it was a good way for Daniel Bryan to get some offense. I feel like it made Kane look great without Kane even having to do anything. And I don't feel like it took anything from The Fiend. Um, so I'm starting, I think originally we all look at The Fiend as this character that like should just dominate nonstop. And I think more and more we're seeing the more human side, the Bray Wyatt side, where there are still those insecurities. And it's, you know, he, he will still look for an advantage if he can take it. He's not stupid. And I love Daniel Bryan's promo afterwards, too. 
think Daniel Bryan is one of the best promos. I, I just, I buy into what he says so much. He said, what do I do when every time I get the advantage, he goes back in that damn hole? And I was just cracking it up. I was like, he does. He does do that every I time. I also enjoyed him and Kane arguing about who was the tag team champions before his interview. There's a couple things I want to touch on. So the part where he said, what took you so long? It was so continuous to Daniel Bryan hitting him that I think it was more so meant as what took Daniel Bryan to get in the ring so long is what I think that meant. Did anyone notice that when the lights came back on and the fiends behind him, blood trickled down Kane's mouth? Did anybody see that? I think it was the sweat. I think it was the, sweat. That's the match. Oh, what, was it? Okay, because yeah. it looked like it came out of the corner of his mouth. I'm like, did this dude just pop a blood capsule? No, like, it was dripping all down his okay, face. It's definitely could, just the match. I was curious. Sweating. And then I love the line of, I hope there wasn't a lot of traffic coming from up from H E double hockey. I was going to say that. I was laughing so <laughs> that hard was when he said that. my favorite line, yeah. Yeah, very well done, guys. And then we set up the strap match. Yeah. Which is, I think that's, that's really compelling. That's what I really want out of a match when you announce something. That's what I want. That also, I think, and I didn't want to touch on that because I figured one of us was going to talk about it. That also hurt the Falls County Anywhere match because I get a match like that. And then I get a, you know what I mean? It was like my expectations are have risen after hearing that. I want something different that's different. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think that's a really cool way to do it. And the explanation was perfect for it. Yeah. This right. was this was a great setup. Like I said earlier, I cannot wait for this year's Rumble. We got some good matches. I, and I know in the past, it burns me when I look forward to their pay-per-views. <laughs> it burns me every fucking time, but I hope, I hope Rumble's different. Alright, so my next rave is going to go to the Undisputed Era attack segments on uh, NXT. I like how they... Each time someone brought them up, they came out, they did what they did, and then they went backstage. Wait, this is... NXT. Say again what you're doing? The Undisputed Era attack segments on NXT. And this is Rave? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time tonight, it's time for Rant versus Rave! Alright, I mean, I, there's not much more to it. I enjoyed that they were coming out, they were attacking. For a while, I felt like they were getting stale with this, oh, we're supposed to be the best, we have all the gold, that whole hoopla... Um, and then they started coming out and actually like asserting themselves, doing what a faction should do that's healed like that. I loved the payoff at the end, even though they got away from um, Keith Lee. I like that Keith Lee lost his fucking mind and was just throwing people through windows and shit. But the whole night of them coming out and attacking and everything, I just I enjoyed it. it. It reminded me of just Nexus, just randomly showing up when they're being brought up and just boom, and then they get out of there. Okay. Uh, so for me, from my side... When I look at it specifically, the way the way you presented it to me with the with the Adam Cole band constantly doing run-ins, I feel like that's our entire gimmick. I feel like that's all I ever fucking see, and I just saw it over on UK just a few days before, um, and it had a lot more impact there. But I feel like all I see them do is do these run-ins and these attacks, so that some other jackass's music can play and they can run down to the ring for a save. I feel like that's been the case. For a long time, I enjoyed the stuff that Keith Lee did, uh, specifically when he put the man through a bush, because <laughs> in in middle school, in middle school, there is actually there is hedges around around the building, and there was a dude who even at the time was actually bigger and rounder than me, and this is at a point in time where I'm thinner. I've never been like traditionally skinny, but I was definitely a smaller person back then. And just fucking around, uh, 
there was a move that I loved in TNA called the pounce. We just it's just the shoulder tackle, um, and I did that to him, and he just crashed straight down through the bush. And I'm laughing my ass off while also wondering, am I about to get my ass beat? You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm cracking up, offering to help him up. His glasses had went flying. And literally what we saw Keith Lee do is exactly what had happened. And so I realized I got, up, got way off course there. But I need something more from Undisputed Era. They're boring the hell out of me. I still love Adam, but it's like every single feud, everything that they entered into is rinse and repeat. They have all the gold. But they, it's more people that seem like they're terrified to actually wrestle. They're always surprised when they have a match, too. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say. Okay. So, I'll keep it as a reef. But I will say I'm getting close to the point that Roy's at. I think it was very exciting for them to have all the gold. Unfortunately, I think we are starting to reach a point where there's not much they can all do with the gold. And... I think we're going to get exactly what you're talking about, Roy. We're coming to the tail end of this now to where I think Lee takes I the North Lee American title. Yeah, That's I the think, first one. The tag belts are next, and then eventually Adam Cole is going to lose and the NXT championship. I'm, are, are we getting but the thing with the tag team? Let me. Well, I might even maybe someone will touch on, on that. We'll talk about it in the... With the run-ins, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about the run-ins because there were different segments in the night. There were some I like better than others. Specifically, Keith Lee. I had that as a rave with the bush. I thought that was amazing. I will say the one in the beginning I did not enjoy. Because, once again, Champa's music hits. He saves the day. And I'm like, we saw this for a month straight. But then, I think they got me back into it when he actually came out. And then they attacked him and in a separate segment. And he needed yeah. the help. So, I was like, okay. I was like, at least... Then back away from them, and then that was it for the night. They were making a statement to where they're like, we're going to attack everybody tonight. And I felt like that was where it was different. Usually they would attack one guy, that pack mentality, two others come, and then that's the end of it. In this case, they were like, no, we're going after every single person one by one. And that's why we got different segments. That's why I think it's a reef. And that will move us back to rant. So I don't get confused. I hate when we do a debate final, at the end. Final messes rant. me up. Final rant of the week. Again, Viking Raiders against Bollywood Boys. I think that's all I have to really say. It was a week where there weren't a lot of things that bothered me. And we just don't have anything for the Viking Raiders. Alright. My last rant is going to go to... I am going to actually give it to DDP. Yeah? I feel so happy about Blake this. Blake has a sigh of relief. You got it. You got it. You... Wait. You're, it's going to who? You all remember when this first started and I gave DDP this fucking rant and y'all came at me for this? Actually, you're here so rarely. I don't remember that. Oh, at all. Yeah, I don't awesome. remember that either. It was two weeks. I had a kid. <laughs> you, were, you were on this show before? I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it feels so hypocritical to say because I just I cheered for Kane and I don't mind the Big Show thing. Yeah. And it's like I said, just some. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And this didn't feel like good use of it. He was. He, I felt like he did too much. He didn't really do a lot to put over the other people. I felt like it was more about making him the star, which is is really confusing because AEW is so outspoken about pushing their talent and the younger talent and not letting the management or whatever 
be in the spotlight, but then they're doing it. And it's just, it feels like they're making the same mistake everybody else always makes. And that this is, and then, so you also, the Marshall takes the pin. Why would that have just been DDP? It was so obvious from the beginning. There's so many, there's, in wrestling, like, there's so many times where they'll book some kind of tag match, and you know this person's here to take the pin. And that was the case here. It's like, all right, it's Marshall's here to take the pin. Why wouldn't that be DDP? Does he have a long career ahead of him in AEW? I, I don't know. I didn't get it. But the shirt that MJF was wearing, again, consistently, one of the most disrespectful things. I can't believe DDP even agreed to that, especially if they start selling that shit. I was about to say that was the best thing to come out of DDP being there, is that T-shirt. Now, I, I, now imagine also if MJF had gotten the pin so that at some point we can get a promo and he says... When I put you on your back for those three seconds, now you know how your daughter felt. Something like that. Like, there's definitely something there to work with. Uh, but yeah, DDP, long term, this just didn't... I didn't feel like it accomplished anything other than making DDT, DDP look good. So, I didn't really take much out of this because it, it's obvious why they did it. The bash at the beach. Why not have a former WCW... It, that that's why they did it. I didn't. I knew this match wasn't going to be something I cared about anyway, so it didn't really weigh to me. Honestly, I just I get why they did it. They have they have successfully made me not care about the butcher and the blade. I'll give them that. Yeah, that's I, I agree there. That's the most disappointing part, without a doubt. That's why I was disappointed about DDP last week. He made them look weak. They looked weak again, even in victory this week. They weren't even the ones to get a pin, and it looked silly half the match. So, my last one, and it's not often I'm going to put this guy in a rant, and it's, it's going to be the Big E versus Morrison. Ladies and gentlemen, for the third time tonight, and I better not fucking lose this one, it's time for Rant versus Rave. Okay. Yeah, you... You are a crazy person. This is, this is going to be tough. I don't... I, I don't think Big E is the person to put in a match with Morrison. I don't. I don't feel like it flowed well. It even made Morrison look like he, he wasn't... Smoothly going through his parkour stuff, I just I I wasn't entertained by it. I get that Morrison's back and everything, but I don't think Big E was the opponent for him. I, I just that's how I felt with this one. It's that cut and dry for me. Right, first of all, I don't appreciate you saying John Morrison in such a condescending tone. Yes, John Morrison is back, <laughs> and it is fantastic. When they announced that match, it was easily the most anticipated match across all four shows for me. So happy for John Morrison to be back. Huge fan of Big E as a singles competitor. And for the two of them to be meshed up, it's almost, it feels like too much to say a dream match, but really that's kind of what it feels like. Because I don't know that that's a match that I ever expected that we were going to get in 2020. Um, It was the right call for John Morrison to get the win, I believe. I thought the match was fine. I didn't have any issues with the match. And I think John Morrison actually looked really strong because he even was going after Kofi and Big E, which usually is something with the heels. That's not what you get. Usually the heel just gets some kind of sneak advantage. And I think they were kind of going for that with this. But really, I didn't feel like Morrison was handed anything here. I felt like he earned that win. Um, I mean, it, it, there's not a lot to say about it. I just I thought the, I thought the match itself was good. I love John Morrison, love Big E, happy for Morrison to be back. Uh, I, I popped for a slow motion on the entrance. 
Love it so much. Not to sway your decision. Not to sway your decision. I feel the same way about Morrison. I even said to Kim when his music hit, I said, "I swear to God, if I don't get slow motion, I'm gonna be pissed off." I love Morrison too. I just I feel like the hype was too big for this match. To be honest, I think he deserved something different. That's how I felt. About what it. would you have done with him? Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I I just I know in the moment of watching it, it didn't feel right to me. Because the feud the feud is I I, I it's gonna be Eminem know? versus or whatever they call the dirt sheet. Yeah. Yeah, Eminem, you dug a little too deep. That's like yeah. that's like that's like twelve years. ago. Yeah, uh, but you get what I'm saying. I feel like it. That's going to be the the title match, like the match for the tag team titles and everything. Yeah, those are so a good I way to blend into the I, feud. Like I said, I get it. I just I just didn't feel like it was wanting Morrison back for so long. It didn't feel like the match that I wanted him to come back in. It definitely felt like a, a big match for me, and it make, it makes the most sense. Like, the alternative is just he faces a jobber because there's no other big. Why would you just randomly be like, all right, Morrison versus Roman Reigns tonight? You know what I mean? He's not winning that one. Why not? <laughs> um, so I think this match made the most sense, and it was a match that I could really get excited for. So Greg, you get a pass, man. I know you're exhausted. It's been a long week. I'm assuming you got no sleep when you watch SmackDown, or you're a crazy person because there is no way. You're getting a rant on this one. This was a rave for me personally. It's going as a rave in the book. You're gonna have to hold an L on this one, bud. Because I love Biggie. I am super pumped. I'm super pumped about Morrison being back. I felt like this was a great fit. We're building towards the tag match. I think they put on a good match, and I was happy to see Starship Pain again. Although I will say he he slightly did. Yeah, painful. yeah, it wasn't his best one. But I forgot how beautiful that move looked. I I'm enjoying the feud, man. So I, I gotta give it a rave. And I will I will agree with you on the the part of attacking Kofi when he got up on that top rope and he just kind of looked over and went oh, fuck it. Yeah, cool. and it was it was a weird. It was like obviously we know how Morrison is, but the the way that he flipped over into him was just awkward looking. And it, obviously for him it's natural, but I thought that was pretty cool. All right. It's me again. Why Why you guys got to keep doing this to me, man? <laughs> All right. So my final rave of the week is going to go to Sammy Guevara. And I'm convinced that we just need a Sammy Guevara segment at this point because this man is fucking fantastic. And I give it to him personally because I had a couple of things that I enjoyed. First, I'll start off with the match. I enjoyed the match between him and Moxley. I think it was very well done. It wasn't, I came into it a little worried because I was afraid that Guevara would just be knocked off very quickly right. and he wouldn't be able to showcase. That's not, that was not the case. He looked pretty good in the match. He took the loss. That was expected. However, it was a great match. I enjoyed it. But I'm giving it to Sammy Guevara for more than just the match. The cue cards, again, in the picture in picture. I don't know if you guys I seen. Love those. I just wish they would stop cutting it off because I'm like in the middle of reading it and then they're like, oh, never mind. Amazing. What are you watching on? Is it one of the ones you watch on Hulu? Yeah, it go like halfway through the cards, it goes up to the full screen and then brings AEW back up. Like it's like one last commercial and then it comes back on. Uh, I think it shows. I think us all it shows. Yeah, yeah, it shows mine all the way for you, all the way, all the way through. Shoo! Nice. And carrying on the Jericho promo and Guevara going, "Hit me up." Yes. That was fantastic. I did enjoy that. That's part. my favorite thing. That was and that's fantastic. Such a, such a small thing and based on reality that I, if he continued to do I would just eat it up like he yeah. should always just see people whether it's people 
like whether it's fans, celebrities, like anything. I love. He's just like. I mean, yeah. she's fine. That that's a perfect example of being able to get hit me up. Also, right before that, with um, hair going r because of the fucking iPad, <laughs> I laughed at that too. But it's Sammy Guevara this week, guys. Was somebody pointed out? I don't know if they mentioned it specifically on AEW or what, but it went over my head, and that's the fact that next week on the cruise on a ship. You're likely to have John Moxley the pirate because he's going to be that. That's fantastic! Wow! I also love that they're doing this on Jericho's. I do too. This is badass. Yeah. How is so the whole? Is that going to be the whole show? I don't. I'm a little confused with how this is. He has this cruise where I guess I'm assuming there's some kind of a, a small arena set up in it. Because he's, he's already been doing this for a few years. Yeah, I know that. Where he has the crew. So he's, he's obviously got something set up. And I guess they're just going to film the whole episode. Because I didn't know AEW would tie itself to that at all well, until he talked about it. So when he started it, it was actually uh, Ring of Honor that went with him on the first one. So what he does is he's got this cruise. It's uh, wrestling and rock and roll. So yeah. they hold concerts and... They have a whole wrestling. That's stuff. So bad. So I think that's that's pretty badass. That we're about. I would love. To I imagine that. like you set it's up expensive. the ring. You set up the ring on like a, the top deck and they're outside. Like I don't know. It's gonna be bad. I I think it's gonna be awesome to see how this is set up. I'm excited. My guess would be that they're gonna have some really good viewership at the least because I know me. I'm intrigued by that. I would imagine most wrestling fans are intrigued to see how that will even work or how that will look. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing for them too. I think this would be a cool thing for them to do annually too because the the whole setup to it, you get two weeks of a different setting and just more intrigue around the show because I love the week prior where it was set up like the beach, like we're all waiting. We're going to be setting sail next week. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Alright, my last rave is going to go to... Mm, nobody talked about the, the R-Truth Brock Lesnar thing? That was my next one. Yeah, that's going to be my last rave. R-Truth <laughs> um, coming out and, ex- and entering the Rumble <laughs> so that he can eliminate Paul Heyman. <laughs> only to realize that it was Brock Lesnar, so then he takes himself out of the Rumble. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Brock thought it was hilarious. Brock's laughing at him the whole time. Uh, And then the tease with the 24-7 belt. I will say, I do wish he had just pinned him and taken that belt. Me too. Because I would love at Rumble for the side story to just be, whenever somebody does a move on Lesnar... Like two or three like jobber kind of characters jump on top of him and try to pin him, and he just keeps throwing them off. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Or every once in a while, maybe like a one of the Singh brothers, uh, they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get the title," and they're brave for a second until they get face to face, and they're like, "Never mind." And so people just refused to even try and pin Brock. We were joking that uh, this is how they retire the twenty four seven championship because the whole thing is they put it on Brock, and, and nobody's no, ever going to try and go for it. Uh, Mojo ended up with it, which is fine too. I really would like. It's it's hard because I do find our truth genuinely hilarious a lot of the times, but then I also wish that we could get the twenty four seven belt away from him for a little while. Um, so maybe he could do interactions without that. But I do wish that they had done something to take advantage of last week. I wish that when. Uh, I why did I forget his name? Mojo. That's that's. How little of importance Mojo is. I literally just talked about him and forgot his name that fast. 
And which one Mojo got in the ring? He looked at Brock and he said, can I please pin him for the 24-7 title? And Brock's like, sure. So I would just love this gimmick where there's these big intimidating people that Mojo is able to navigate in and out of <laughs> by just having manners towards them and being an asshole to everybody else. Uh, the opening segment was hilarious. It's definitely a, a well-earned rave for Raw on that one. Without a doubt, you made fantastic points on the 24-7 title. I think that was a missed opportunity there. I could just picture Brock, like you said, in the Rumble. He gets Maybe he gets knocked down. Somebody tries to cover him with penalties, throws him off. And this is something that could have added to the Rumble. And you finally would have had something for the 24-7 title where it was engaging. And it would have been fun. It would have made sense. It would have been different. And then the same thing about Mojo. That's great. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Can I please? And these are things that... That's so disappointing to me. Because, I mean, I, I always say that you're very creative. But they have a million writers. Nobody yeah. could have thought about any that's of these things. That's what I say things. all the time. Is like the amount of people and the amount of resources that they have. It's surprising when they take the easy way out so often. And maybe and maybe they don't. Maybe they do write these things up and Vince goes, no. That's true. I don't want to do it. We don't know. We're not there. Also, I did, I did love the part with uh, Paul where they were leaving the ring because like, you suck chance. And then he comes back with, my client does not suck. When he, Clearly they were chanting at Paul. I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, so my last uh, rave for the week, now that Roy took mine, um, it doesn't go to the match itself. It goes to the end of this match. And it's going to be the EO and Bianca Belair at the end of that uh, battle royal. I thought the two of them one-on-one was phenomenal. They went back and forth. They, they had so much chemistry, I felt. The part where EO just held her hair down, when she was on the outside of the ring so she didn't get knocked out, and she's just holding Bianca's hair down. I thought that was smart as shit. So this has nothing to do with the it's result, the, right? It's not the result. That's what I, feel. I just <laughs> like those two one-on-one. I agree with that. The, match. the result, that we can talk about that, but I like those two back and forth. I agree with that. I think they did a very good job. I think that the result was wrong. No, EO should have won. It should have been EO. It definitely should have been EO. So I actually disagree with that because. And you're going to say because Rhea's going to get the match win. with Rhea is obviously a Rhea wins. I get that, but then in that case, don't give me EO at the end. Don't give me that her so close, or surprise me and have EO fucking beat Rhea for once. I actually would love for a short. Wouldn't that be cool? Like one. you don't always like. Title reigns are great when we have some long title. Every now and then we can have a short reign, yeah, and I that do doesn't destroy that, yeah, Rio. That is allowed. Every once in a while, I do think they should go for the shock, and not often, maybe once a year, every two years, where a really built-up champion kind of takes that loss pretty quickly. Because otherwise, it gets me to a situation like this where I don't like Bianca Belair, but honestly, she was the one who I wanted to win because the first title defense is, is a wash. You know most of the time... Like 99% of the time, the champion's going to win. So I didn't want Io Shirai to win that match because she's there's already so many reports out there that she's unhappy and she wants to go. Yeah, and I'm, that, I've grown into such a big fan of hers that I don't want to see that happen. But I also understand if she doesn't feel fulfilled professionally, creatively, uh, I would like by WrestleMania time for EO to take the title off of Rhea. I hope that's the match that we get a takeover before WrestleMania. I would love that. Another thing, since this is our final one and we're talking about it, the rumor is that Bianca, this is her farewell match and that she will be moving up. And it makes sense because Montez is on Raw and they typically keep couples together. So, in that case, I get it. You know what I mean? That makes sense because that's normally how they send them off. They lose a big match, whatever. 
And I think, honestly, for Bianca, I know you have never been a big fan. I like her, but she's done She's done what she can in NXT. Clearly, she'll never get the strap. That's If that's going to be the way you're going to do it, fine. I would love to see Io as the champion, though. And it sucked to not... You know what I mean? You just want to get it. You're that close. You're like, come on, just give me something different. And the other thing is, I feel like, to touch on the, the short reign thing, is I feel like NXT... You just know when someone wins it, they're holding on to it for like yeah. yeah it's I just agree. it's what they're known for. Other than Leo Rush the right with the cruiserweight title, time. like he lost it pretty quickly. And that's cruiserweight. But, but let's see how long Garza holds on to it for. Yeah, because it could be. But like, look at DIY for how long they held on to the tag team titles. Look at you know, look at Adam Cole right now. Just everybody holds on to it for typically about a year or so. And to me, essentially, it does get a little boring and. Yeah, the shortest ones to stand that stand out to me are Gargano, mm-hmm. but he had a rematch with Cole, so we felt like it was realistic that he may lose, and Aleister Black, and that was because of injury. So your point stands. That is, yeah. it is a little probably more common than it should be at this point. All right, let's go over some of our honorable mentions. Um, I'm gonna start it on rant because I don't have a lot over here. Uh, I don't like the lights going out all the time for everybody in AEW. Uh, it seems like no matter what kind of gimmick you have or what personality you have, they turn off the lights and do attacks. Who who was it this week? I'm trying to remember. The Inner Circle. The Inner Circle. Inner Circle, okay. Okay, yeah, I remember now. It's not a big deal. It's so nitpicky, you know what I mean? But it is something that I think about when I'm watching it. I just wish they would do something different for the run-ins. But I also think it's because I'm we're so conditioned for that to be like the... Undertaker style of thing or the Fiend style of thing. I agree with that though. I don't think you should have it for everybody. It, yeah. it should be limited. Um, Strowman again was boring for me this week. And he, then maybe. He ruined Elias to me. Because <laughs> the whole setup was so. Once they came out, it was yeah. so clear what the big picture was that I was just sitting there like, can we just get it over with, please? Yeah. Um, and then maybe more controversially, I'm not feeling the Dusty Classic this year. Feels like every match I go into, I know who's winning, and I don't think the matches have been as good as in the past. I don't feel like there's as much interest in the teams as there has been in the past, so it's not really landing for me. What do you guys got? You want to go next, Greg? Um, I don't really have much. It was just some stuff. Like I will say, Pack versus Darby. I was I thought that was a really good match. Um, oh, you're going in raves now. We started separating it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, well. No rants? Rant, the only rant that I would have... You can be, rave first once we're done. I didn't really I didn't really enjoy the whole fist fight rule thing. I thought that was kind of stupid. Join the club. The only thing I thought was enjoyable was KO running up the fucking screen and flipping off of it. Yeah. That was the only part of that match that I remotely enjoyed. But the whole thing was just dumb as shit. Thanks for stealing my rave, asshole. You're welcome. And your rant. <laughs> no. Rants, only a couple. Again, like I said this week, wasn't a, a whole lot that bothered me. Raw's lack of depth in their superstars. You talked about it with Sarah Logan and Charlotte. I will also say Ricochet and Mojo was along the same lines. It just feels like it's really hard for them to put together matches. We've talked about this a lot. They need to start building some of their mid-card or else we're going to consistently have this set up to where matches just don't feel important. And Joey Janela's promo was really bad to me. It felt really cringeworthy. Yeah, he I'm didn't seem boy. he didn't seem comfortable, and I felt like it did a lot worse for the character than it did good, in my opinion. Uh, you want to start off with raves, Greg? Yeah, 
Pack, Pack and Darby, uh, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, Pac? 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 Fuck off. Uh, I just, I enjoyed the match. I mean, you put Darby in anything and I'm going to enjoy it. Pack, same same thing, pretty much. Um, I, personally, I was a fan of the triple threat on Raw with uh, AJ, Randy, and uh, Drew. Um, it was fine. Other than that, I'm not going to say too much more because that's, I got four others and I'll let you guys take some stuff. Um, the Darby thing, just to, to go with what you said, I'd like to see him get a win soon. Um, he, he's losing to people who are important, and I get it, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to see... I, I actually felt like he was winning that one, which was weird. Like, I, I didn't, I, <laughs> at I, all. Like, I, I just felt like it was going to be a rematch between him and, and uh, Moxley. And That's I, fair. I didn't, yeah. and that kind of sucks, but I would like to see him get some wins. He's putting on some great matches. For my Raves, Otis, getting oh qu- quoting Backstreet Boys and Graves, saying the quote, being upset that he even knew what that was from... In professing his love for Mandy, catching Mandy, and then just licking his yeah, tongue out. That was, that's the part that I was wondering if anybody <laughs> caught. Otis is just, this This man is amazing. He is one of my favorites. And Sonia, poor Sonia. She's like, I want him She's in the like, ring. I get it. I, I, I get it. I know doing. what you're doing. And, and then she her. loses. Oh, I'm like, Sonia just can't get a win to save her She's life, like, what man. what the hell is going on? <laughs> so the whole thing... This is one of one of my favorite storylines. This is great long term long term storytelling with this. I'm enjoying that. And the other one that I will say that I enjoy is the Dark Order video discussing the elite, kind of the the backs, you know, the back yep. segment of it. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice touch and a little bit different than what they've been doing in the past couple weeks. All right, for me, I, the only one, the only thing I have is. The Jimmy Uso slow motion, looking at the camera and sticking his tongue out. Did you see that? I did not, and, and I'm, didn't see yeah, that? I didn't see that, and I'm mad that I missed it. All right, after after we're done here, I'll see if I can pull it up real okay. quick because it's definitely worth it. Um, and I do want to tell you, I almost put Kevin Owens on rant this week, specifically because I wanted to point out the contrast of this is what he's capable of versus what the fuck are you doing with him. So the rant moment was almost more of a frustrating thing because it's like, what is the point of being excited for something Kevin does because they teach me constantly not to invest in Kevin Owens. And so when you do something like that to remind me and then I I know that it goes nowhere. So that's why I thought about putting him on the rant list just to highlight that. We're on the same team, man. You just explained Dolph Ziggler. You just... It's, we are on the same team. The talent is there. The personality is there. The the writing is not, unfortunately. Um, so our, our, our mailbag question for the day. I want you guys to book a Saudi Arabia match. Because a lot of times, these the headlines for these matches just feel like uh, they feel like a kayfabe news type posting, right? It doesn't feel like a real thing. Now, I do want you to base it some sense of reality, you know what I mean? Make it somewhat possible. What What do you guys predict for Saudi Arabia? I'm stabbing the first person that puts Edge in a fucking match. Um, I actually, I, I thought about this, and with the rumors going around of it being a match that everyone wants to see at Mania again, this is the match that WWE would put in Saudi Arabia, and that is Undertaker versus Sting. 
Yeah. That is a Saudi yeah. Arabia match. Sting was talking about that recently. Hey, yeah. Too. Go ahead, Roy. I'm gonna close this one out. <laughs> we get the pen ready. Mine is mine is the Rocky the Johnson Memorial Battle Royal. Oh my god. Thirty men won by Nia Jax. Alright, I'm upset. Okay. So mine is not very realistic. It is not ever going to happen, but I have a reason behind it. So, at the last Saudi show, we had the whole plane snafu where talent got stuck on the plane. So I imagine a very egotistical and cocky Vince McMahon goes to get revenge at the next Saudi show. And he brings back two iconic legends in an impromptu not announced match and it is tory wilson and trish stratus in a bra and panties match in front of the salty crowd to, start a whole to piss them off for what they did to his plane and the sad thing is i could see someone like vince mcmahon doing some wild crazy shit like this and yeah. thinking that he can get away oh with it God. and there you have it ladies and gentlemen the end of the salty shows <laughs> I was expecting you to say some shit like Sergeant Slaughter versus Iron Sheik or something. Nah, this man brought out the whole bra and panties match. Jesus. Nah, man, he, he's, he's gonna really, go. He's gonna go at the Prince's he's throat trying to with have this the motherfucker one. Bombed during the mid, like mid show, just bomb the event. All right, guys, I apologize if you're hearing some background noise here. It sounds like it started to hail outside. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. What do you guys have predictions for who is our Capital R champion this week? I'm thinking Raw. Really? No. Raw can't win. I don't know. It's... Oh, shit. I'm going to say NXT. Okay. In last place... Oh, bringing it back! Is Monday Night Raw. Okay. In third place... We have a tie. Because your winner... And let me check my notes here. Who was Capital R champion last week? Smackdown. Smackdown. And the new Capital R champion, NXT!